Okay, here we go. And what? Bring up the sheet first, Ben. Three, two, one. Hello, welcome back. It's been a month, but we're here once again to talk about Dino Riders. This time we're talking about the Dino Riders toys. I'm Ben Rosenthal, and I am here as the host and main dude of Retro Trigger, your Retro Trigger, your Retro Trigger podcast. Well, of course it's that, but your Retro Toy Game Anything podcast with the Lego Master, with the Rider of the Dinosaurs, and the man who has quite possibly the coolest collection of toys I've ever seen in my entire life. Mr. Trent Chick... Uh, God damn it. It's only been a month. Check, 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 check it out. What, <laughs> what, what, what? Trent's here. Howdy. How are you, Ben? Good, good. What have you been up to in the last month? Uh, toy hunting, playing yeah, with toys, heaps of stuff. photographing toys. Yeah, I, I personally um, found the Step Crystal. Did you? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. I've actually been in prehistoric Earth for about five years. Okay. But due to time travel, was able to get back in time to you meet with you. Look well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It. it uh, the. The black hole energy just. Okay. Uh, just sort of. saps those wrinkles away. Good. It's. Uh, so if you find yourself uh, in need of uh, de-wrinkling, I, I highly recommend Black Hole Energy, sponsor of Retro Trigger. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Okay, we've gone a bit silly. Uh, but Trent, we are here in the middle of your game room once again, and I really want to start off this episode talking about your toy collection. We're going to get into Dino Rider's toy line very, very shortly, but looking around here, you can actually check out the pictures over on the Retro Trigger Instagram. You've got an amazing uh, just curation of, of different toys from the 80s and the 90s here. I can see the original Ninja Turtles toys. I can see Batman toys. I can see the original Ghostbuster uh, toys. I can see the original He-Man toys. What? How? <laughs> Just... Yeah. Look, it, it all started, I think, with Star Wars, funny enough, um, and Kenner getting a bit nostalgic when they did the special edition films at the cinema. So, you know, George Lucas put out, you know, new versions of his, of his seminal classics and no, no, it, it was the beginning of the story. He always read it. Yeah, well, he, no, well, this is even always before, there. Even before the prequels, oh, he did before, the special editions. Right. So yes, like, you could yes, go to the yes. cinema. It was sort of the mid '90s, mid to late '90s, and he put in four minutes of extra I Star got, Wars footage. And, I got to go to the Australian premiere of that. Ooh, fancy! Yeah, don't know how, but yeah. I think I've still got the ticket at home. It was like an A2 piece of paper. Yep, yep, gold embossed. But oh. but that kind of brought back a bit of a resurgence of of you know these Star Wars action figures they really power of the force they called them back then and they I were had beefed up yeah yep, yep. beefed up muscly characters and i remember walking and i would have been drawn there was a store here you'd know it well called john martin's yes and great toy department we we talk about a lot on on toy power how beautiful that toy department was but i would go down there at that age for the video games n64 and um, that sort of thing was was big i'd go down there and check out the new games and they'd have ones on on display but i was walking through there one day and i saw these Power of the Force figures. And I'm like, oh, they're so cool, but I can't buy toys. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So I, I justified it by saying, I'm going to buy these as a Christmas present for my brother. And I bought him Darth Vader and Han Solo. And, you know, I'm like, oh, what are you going to do with them? He's like, yeah, I'm going to keep them in the packet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I thought, okay, you know who I always loved? I love Boba Fett. So I'm going to go hunting down Boba Fett figures. And from there, it, it turned into collecting kind of modern Star Wars toys. There was a store here called Movie Maniacs. Ah, and yes. I, I went back and they had these Dick Tracy figures. And if you look behind my TV, you can't really see them, but there's a, a mint-on-card collection of Dick Tracy. And we'll get into that. There'll be a story. I think you'll have a question on maybe one of these characters later on. But I got into collecting, you know, from the from the movie, the Warren Beatty Madonna movie with Al Pacino in it from 1990, Dick Tracy, got into collecting those figures. They were done by Playmates, who also did Ninja Turtles, a big fan of Ninja Turtles. And it just snowballed from there it was like okay what else do i like i like he-man from my childhood let's go back and see if i can complete the collection i liked ninja turtles okay let's go and see what we can find in that and what it kind of became and dino ride is a really interesting story and i, I remember part of the south australian toy collecting community we had these trade days and, and we haven't had as many recently because you know COVID the globe, so, no no yeah, no, no. you get demonetized uh, the global bastard <laughs> oh, right. is how we're referring <laughs> okay the global bastard um i remember one day you'd ask the question okay we're about to go to this toy swap meet mm. what are you hunting what are you after like what would you see if you could you know get and i said i think i said to some of the guys you know i'm starting a collection of dino riders and mask and that was on my list. So if there was any Dino Riders, any Mars stuff, I'd buy it. 
And it's become... And so now I've got a pretty complete Dino Riders and Mars collection, uh, you know, all these years later. But it's become about those more obscure toy lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the big ones, Star Wars, He-Man, Turtles. Okay, they're the, the big ones. But what are some of the other ones? And, and Dino Riders, I loved it so much as a kid because it was a quality toy. Came yeah. in a beautiful box, beautiful art, all that sort of thing. But, you know, this shelving system behind me here... Lots of these really obscure Kenner lines. So I collect lines like Waterworld from, you know, the Kevin Costner film. It's just such a wacky thing to turn into an action figure. You know, Toxic Crusaders. Um, I've got Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. All, you know, even Robocop and all that sort of stuff. I remember all these yeah, lines. Like it's just, and, and that's that's where it is for me now, is almost, you know, just paying homage to the era by what was on the shelves. What, what are the lesser known things? One of the ones I've had my eye on, I've never collected, but like Last Action Hero. Those oh, yeah. sort of, you know, they're just these crazy toilets might have had just one wave. Um, and that's really what this collection is about now, is paying homage to obviously all the big ones, but really giving you that history of these are the things that were on the shelves back in the day. Yeah, well, I'm looking now. You've got some, obviously, the Ninja Turtles line is, is very relevant but you've got uh i can see a, a mint on card princess jasmine with raja from the movie yep uh a couple of inspector da- gadget uh toys there with the dick logo on it yep good old uh, dick we all remember dick yeah have fond memories of dick in our childhood just sitting there watching tv and then watch our cartoon and all of a sudden dick, dick. yeah just just sitting there lots of dick in our kid child <laughs> oh boy but even like lines like cops you know, yeah. central organization of police and you're sitting right next to a boxed Brave Star playset. Yeah, got Fort Carrium down here. Like all these, what I'd almost call like the second tier, or yeah. sometimes even third tier. But there's so many, the '80s and and in my mind, early '90s, there was so much competition on the toy shelves to get mm. the products in that the the products had to be so good to kind of make it onto the shelves. Like Fort Carrium, as we said, it's got. An exploding safe. It transforms from a, like a kind of sheriff's hangout yeah. to a fortified fort where all the walls fold up. Well, right next to that uh, fort, you've got uh, Snake Mountain from the Masters of the Universe line. I had that as a kid yep. and loved it because of all the different things. You had yeah. the snake that you talked into and the spring reverbed your voice. Yeah. Uh, and then you had the trap door which fell into the... the uh, safety net yep. above the lava. Man, that was a great playset. That's it. Like yeah. all these play features that we we know and love now, and and probably toys, they don't they don't quite get to that level anymore no. for, for cost cutting purposes. And um, there's a lot of mass produced stuff, and they they rely on the IP that was generated. These toy lines, they had to forge their own IP. They had to go okay. Dino Riders, let's kind of try and make that into something. Yeah. Whereas now it's all about trying to reuse what was done in the past. What's got nostalgia? What's got memories? What can we easily put to market? Yeah, nostalgia doesn't need any marketing. Yeah, exactly. So, but these guys needed to do all that. They needed to, you know, sell the toy lines to you. So that's really the genesis of the collection and and where I'm at now. And, And now it's a bit about sort of curating it and just making sure it's aligned with what I still enjoy mm-hmm. and and i'm sort of selling off a lot of the stuff mainly stuff from different eras like the 2000s where i got a lot of toys that maybe don't connect as much with me anymore and i'm sort of moving them on right and, and just keeping it back to really that that core 80s core early 90s sort of toy based properties so looking at all these lines what is uh i guess your let's go a couple Let, let's start off with what is the the grail piece in your collection what's the one thing that you look at and go cannot believe i own that yeah it probably is this um castle from he-man the master of the universe called the eternia playset oh is that the one that ben Sachs has a completed uh, yes yeah he does he's yeah. gone he's gone past mine mine's still got a few little missing bits and bods but but the most part it's there um you know a very big playset that came at the end of the line and sometimes at the end of lines they don't get the same production numbers as product at the start which is why they are very rare very hard to and find very expensive yeah. and this one uh if i remember back to my interview with ben and our episode of masters of the universe he said that john martin's was the only place in australia that got it john martin's yeah. in adelaide i believe maybe there are some reports of amaya having them but there's reports of it basically not being available Australia-wide, but John Martin's being the you know the toy mecca, mm. I reckon, even of Australia. They had they they 
managed to order it in. And Darren still recalls seeing the price tag. I think the price tag back then, this is about a 1986 release, uh, was, I think, $200 back then for that wow. playset. So, yeah, very, very, very expensive playset. And what are you looking at now for an, a complete attorney? Uh, depending on, like, boxed and that sort of thing, I, I don't think you'd get one for sort of under 2000 Wow. Um, so, it's sort of in that, in that vicinity. And, and just... Parts alone, you know, like might be you know fifty dollars or a hundred dollars. Of course, because that's what people part. do when they come across these playsets. Is we're seeing it with Dino Riders. Yeah, uh, you come across a full T Rex and they take it apart and they sell each part for twenty to fifty bucks, yep. and they make three times the amount of money they would selling it all complete. Yeah, and I've heard that same logic. Ben explained to me the logic around Eternia. That is the way the sellers do it. Is mm. they find you know there's a lot of people just looking for those little bits and they'll pay. Like if you need that last flagpole. Or that last gun, um, you might pay hundred dollars just to, to yep. complete it. So. Yeah. So out of all these toys here, which is which one has the best story behind it? Which one did you search high and low and then find in the back corner of a shop somewhere? Yeah. Ah. Uh, well. So oh, yeah, I've got so many things. Me that, personally, when I collect, yeah. I like collecting things that I have an attachment to. It's yes. sort of like, uh, I only found out recently that's sort of like the basis of Shinto um, yep. uh, religion in that everything has a soul and, uh, you know, it has a story and that story is its soul and whatnot. Didn't even realize it. I thought, oh yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, for me, especially in the Nintendo stuff, it's stuff that I saw as a kid and I wanted as a kid and stuff that I saw uh, as uh uh, on the shop wall and, and just pining over it because I couldn't afford it and, and now's my time to get it. And it automatically hits those nostalgia uh, yeah. uh, beats. So, yeah, what have you got here that well, you just... Well, I, I have to, I guess, tell a little story about the Krang up there. There's a... From the cartoon, the Fred Wolf cartoon series, Krang basically gets his android body. Yeah. And I loved that android body, Krang. And I remember seeing it in Kmart. There's a Kmart... Locally here, a fell Kmart, and they had a pretty good stock of Ninja Turtles back in the day. And it was one of the cases that mum would take me to Kmart. She'd go off and do whatever shopping she needed to do. She'd leave me in the toy aisle. I'd have a look. And she came back from whatever she was doing. And I can still remember, it's quite an obscure item, the Android body crank. It goes for a fair bit now, and boxed it is particularly expensive. And I remember seeing the box there. It's the one and only time I ever saw it on the toy shelves. And I just pleaded with my mum to get it for me. And it was just a resounding, no, you're never getting it. Um, there was a little, there were a couple of stores here sort of in the late 90s, early 2000s. We mentioned Movie Maniacs. There was a store called The Attic as well that yep. was down one of the little laneways. And it moved at one point to just off Gawler Place. You'd go down a spiral staircase and they they were set up in there for about a year. And this was a time when I had part-time job. I was still at, probably at school and... Um, maybe, you know, year 12, and I'd go on the hunt, and sometimes they they just, you know, got in this big lot of vintage toys. And I remember being down there one day, and they had Android Body Krang, and, and it was pretty much complete, had the window chest piece, had the little antenna on the top of his head, had the Krang in there, and I reckon they were asking $25, $35, which Whoa. for me, for me, you know, earning maybe, you know, like $10 an hour, it was a big choice. Mm. Um. Well, was it a choice? No, it wasn't a choice. No, it no was choice just a lot of money that yep. left my pocket that day um, to get that. And and that was that you know that item that I'd wanted for all that time. You never stopped wanting to get it. And to see it in that shop, to see it in the... Ca- I think it was in a cabinet. I had to go, you know... Oh, it wasn't just pull it out of a bucket. It mm. was there on display in a cabinet. Um, a showcase, as they y- call it in Japan. Yeah, that's it. And, and just that feeling. Just that feeling of finally closure on that toy I've wanted it since that since one childhood. grail item so yeah. you have grail items where they're like oh, I'll never own that yeah and then you have grail items where you go this is important to me yeah and something that I need back so like I think for me it was of all things a Game Boy carry case yeah because yep. I used to carry my Game Boy around with me everywhere and it was in this little grey Game Boy case it wasn't even a first party property uh, yep. thing it was just a, a second party or a third party thing and it just said Game Boy across it and I lost it again in one of my many moves along with my original Game Boy uh, I got most of those games back and of course I got the Game Boy back could not find this case until a couple of years ago and someone was selling it with a Game Boy and everything and they wanted a stupid price because it had the Game Boy in it I said oh well, would you sell just the case oh yeah how much 20 bucks yep done cheers <laughs> and that's all I needed yeah 
just those little things. I, I think the memory behind these things is much more meaningful to me. And I, we had this discussion earlier. You, you go into your toy room or your display and you just sit there and just sort of sit in the stuff like Scrooge McDuck and his money bin. Yep. Just sort of absorb it and, and look at it. And a lot of these toys are really, really cool to look at. We looked at how cool the Dino Riders boxes are. Um, those things are pieces of art. Uh, and a lot of the toys of that era, as we said in the last episode, really do have fantastic uh, packaging. Uh, and it's just it's just good. It's just a good thing. It's a good good time for all. Now you mentioned before about a Dick Tracy uh, story. Well, one of the one of the this is the Grail piece you think you'll never own is sort of what I'm talking about now. So Dick Tracy was the very first vintage line I ever collected. Like I said, back in Movie Maniacs, they think they had four on the shelves, um, and I bought. I remember buying the Dick Tracy and taking it home and putting it up in my bedroom um, at my parents' house and just like being enamoured by this thing, and then like stressing that the other three that I'd left behind would sell out, you know, in the 24 hours. Ah, oh, that feeling. Um, and so I went back, I reckon I went back nine o'clock as the sh- store opened and rushed over. And of course they were still there. And that started me on this journey uh, of collecting, you know, action figures more broadly. Um, but I, I fairly, I mean, it took me a while. There were things like money orders I had to send over to Canada at the time to get a couple of the last ones because I just had exhausted every, I, I, it was like I was a, investigator like a private eye tracking things down and i had my wife on the that's my, apt for dick tracy yeah it is it yeah. was like i didn't have the the phone with the little video watch. screen but yeah because iphone watches hadn't come out. no they iPhone watches Hi, yeah. i'm old <laughs> i watches yeah, i don't even know one. what they're called do yeah. they have a name um but yeah so we, we were lit you'd go to a store um and i reckon we were in uh, adelaide comic center and they might have had a couple of the figures i already had and they're like, you know what? We just sold a lot of these to a little store called Titanic. So I'd go down to <sighs> Port Adelaide and I discovered Titanic. They had another four. And, you know, it was just investigating. And and my wife, um, who was my girlfriend at the time, um, followed up some leads and found some loose figures. She had, she, for my birthday in the late 90s, I might have got, you know, like seven loose figures, all with complete with accessories. So eventually I put together 13 out of the 14 figures. Now, the, the last one was an extremely hard-to-get item called The Blank. And it was Madonna. Madonna played a character throughout the film called The Blank. Spoiler, Spoiler alert, alert for a 40-year-old movie. Pretty much, a, yep, 38-year-old movie. And what happened was with that toy, they basically, Disney said to Playmates, you can't release that. It spoils the end of the film. And quite often, toys, and particularly in this era, they would they would appear long before the film actually hit cinemas, you know, a bit of bit of promotional time to sort of get everyone warmed up. So this figure never hit the shelves. It ended up being whatever small production run they did actually produce ended up in a Canadian Sears mail order catalogue. So they were they were sold. You could you could pick them up if you happened, you know, after the movie was released to, you know, be in Canada and fill in your mail order catalogue, you could get the blank. But very early on this figure I remember even back in the late 90s, it was going for $100 mint on card, which was just a lot of money way out of my price price range. So it remained on, and, and I watched it. I'd go, you know what? It's time for me to get the blank. And I'd go onto eBay or wherever. And okay, now it's at $400. All right, way too much. Oh, uh, yep. Now I've got a bit more money. I'll check again. $1,000. So it just kept going up until it kind of hit uh, the number, I'm going to say around $2,500. So I'm like, I'm never gonna, never gonna get this. I'm over in Melbourne filming Lego Masters, and I go into a toy store over there, and it's probably the best vintage toy store we've got in Australia called Lobos. Lobos, yep, yep. Lobos, fantastic store. And lo and behold, there is an AFA graded blank figure staring at me uh, from behind the shelves, and I, I cringe as I look at the price tag. And yes, it, it's it was a, a very expensive item, but it was the culmination of sort of I guess 22 years of trying to hunt down that item and there it was in the real in the physical store I didn't have to import it I could just pick it up and even then I remember okay I'm gonna just take a break I'm gonna go back to my hotel I'm just gonna think this through very very carefully and I gave myself a couple of days um, and eventually I thought yep this is too good an opportunity I've, I've got to finish that that piece and I bought it so there you know there it is in my collection now the blank. A lot of people, you know, probably wouldn't understand the significance of that item, 
But for me, I was one of them. Yeah, but that's and that's, that's a okay. cool story. Yeah, that, and that's that's cool because we all learn something. But it means so much to me because it was Dick Tracy was the start of my toy collecting journey. That's awesome. So it it and you know, twenty three years later, rounded out that collection, and it just tells you if you hold on long enough and you're passionate about it, you know, sometimes those those holy grails we think we'll never own, we can. We can get them in. That's fantastic. Just a quick one on Titanic. Uh, friend of ours, King Kaiju. Um, we were at. We used to go down there a lot. He and I to go toy hunting, and there was a Spider-Man phone there, and we both wanted it, but he wanted it more than me. But it was really, really pricey. Anyway, years went by. We didn't get it. Titanic closed down. Everything moved on. I reckon about last year at one of our toy trade shows, we saw that phone, like the the same phone that he wanted. I sort of pointed it out to him, said, "Remember that?" And he goes, "Oh yeah," and he went and went and spoke to the guy and talked about it. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember that down at Titanic. I wondered, he goes, oh, yeah, that's this one. What? He goes, yeah, yeah, this is from Titanic. So he bought it. So after all that time, <laughs> he finally got something that we were after when we were like 15 uh, years old. That's classic. Okay, well, we're here to talk about dino riders, believe it or not. It's 20 minutes into the podcast, but that's what we're here to do. Talk about dino riders, the toy line, possibly one of the greatest toy lines of the 80s, 90s, if not all time. Um, what should we do? Go into a little bit of uh, a history of the Dino Riders toy line, and then yeah. we'll have a chat about your almost complete collection. Very almost complete, yes. Very almost complete. It's an official term. You can look it up. Okay. The Dino Riders toys. There are three... Uh, sorry, no. There were four. There were four series of Dino Riders toys. Series 1 that came out in 1988, Series 2 in 1989, Series 3, and the Ice Age came out in 1990. In contrast to the rest, the Ice Age line focused on Ice Age mammals, mammals rather than dinosaurs. Mammals. <laughs> that sounds like a toy line. I'm a mammal. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be a great idea. Uh, yeah, you can't really call it Dino Riders if they're focused on. Yeah, that, you like, can't slots. really, can you? No. Yeah. Again, thirteen episodes in, jump that shark. The larger toys in the range also had motorized walking action, with the dinosaurs' heads swaying from side to side. Each Rulon faction toy came with a different self-automated trap. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing we didn't t touch on in the previous podcast. Yeah. Uh, the Rulons used brain boxes to control their dinosaurs uh, rather than friendship and hugs and kisses like the Valorians. Uh, and you actually got these traps that yeah. they used to put the brain boxes on. I think... Uh, Oh, what was it? Was it the uh, Triceratops that came with the sliding trap yes. that held its hot, uh, held its head in place? Yep. And then you placed the brain box on it. Uh, the T-Rex, the T-Rex didn't come with any. No, the the Tyrannodon did. It came with a grey rock-like. That's You'd right. You'd push the button, and two arms would spring up, and it would have a net. Yep, and it was done with rubber bands. Yeah, all rubber bands. Rubber base. bands. That's all they needed. They used a lot of rubber bands in this toy oh. line, and a lot of them degraded over the over the. Yeah, years. Uh, that's why you see a lot of, especially my T-Rex, is just everything's held on with rubber bands. Yeah, well, my that same look. Yeah, I mean, look over there. I've got the uh, the Brontosaurus. Just a couple of rubber bands holding that whole piece of armor on. Um, so yeah, the belly bands. I think they called them. They they did degrade. Um, but yeah, there were there were traps. Uh, the the sliding one you mentioned that was sort of like a wooden thing. There was also like a rock. And you'd lift open the rock, and that's there was a little right. guy in a gunner yes. seat as well. Yes. So some some really other, and that's you got play sets with yeah, these toys. That's right. And that's the difference. Like you get bare minimum nowadays uh, with toys, but you know even the Ninja Turtles, you got a weapons rack yep. with their weapons. And like Dino Riders, I think was the first one where you actually got uh, additions to just the toy. Yeah. Like, it was really good value for money because well, they were fantastic toys to start off with. Well, they, and they were they were pricey. I and I can't remember the prices of them, but they were. You know, it's a quality line. You said motorized features. Um, we got the Taurosaurus that actually had light and sound features. So that was the one you push the button and all the armor would kind of pop open. That's right. And there were some laser guns in there. So and, I was looking a bit quizzical there. Yeah. I, think, oh, I don't remember the Taurosaurus it's, having It's lights. essentially the, yeah, it's essentially the, you know, Triceratops bark with a different head. And the Taurosaurus head. Well, but, funnily enough, a Taurosaurus is a Triceratops. Well, there you go. Uh, I mean, it looks, it's got three horns by the looks of it. So it was, I think... I could be completely wrong, and I'm sure a paleontologist will write me a very well-written, angry Stern letter. Stern letter, yeah. Uh, but I think for a while, they were saying, no, Triceratops doesn't exist, because they Ooh. only found Triceratops uh, to a certain uh, size, Yep. and they were all smaller than the Taurosaurus. And it was like, no, Triceratops are actually baby Taurosaurus. Right. Uh, but then they've gone, actually, no, uh, Taurosaurus is actually a Triceratops, or something like that, because, I don't know... It, 
maybe a strachio. Maybe I'm getting confused with the strachio. Oh, yeah. But yeah, definitely there was a, a debate for a while as to whether Triceratops actually existed. Yes. I think from my last bit of reading, Triceratops did exist and either the Taurosaurus or the, the Strachiosaurus didn't exist. Right. Wow, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Dino, Dino Riders. Riders. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The dinosaurs were acclaimed for their highly detailed bodies and color and impressed the Smith... Uh, let me, let me read that again. Uh, highly detailed bodies and color and impressed the Smithsonian Institute who contacted Tycho to reproduce the dinosaurs for their dinosaur and other prehistoric reptile collection. In contrast to the Dino Riders versions, all mechanisms such as motorized walking action and wheels were removed. Dinosaur illustrator William Stout was credited for dino design on the show's credits. Now, we talked about this previously. Yeah, in our William last Stout, show. he did yeah. the uh, designs for Masters of the Universe. Yes, the I motion picture, so. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, William Stout. So, again, coming back to what we talked about last episode, all these talented people sort yeah. of cross pollinating and creating this amazing era of, of toys. Um, the Smithsonian Institute dinosaurs are awesome. Yeah. I'd love to get my hands on some of them just purely because they look exactly the same. But they're different. Yeah. And that's why I like collecting variants, which is really bad. Being a video game collector as well. Really bad. Um, but they didn't do all of them from memory. They did, I think, the T-Rex. They did a Triceratops. They definitely did the Deinonychus. Yeah, um, they did. And I think possibly oh. the Ankylio. Okay, yep. Possibly. Right. Um, because he didn't really need to change much for them. No. Uh, another story I like here, and just to deviate, uh, on forums, a lot of people have found original pressings or original molds of the dinosaurs right. like uh, in old Tyco warehouses or whatnot. Um, they found molds and, oh, man, some of this stuff that the Americans get is well, just not fair. speaking of, I mean, there is a guy up in Brisbane, up in Queensland, Matthew Edhouse. He yes. is a massive Dino Rider collector. I think he has the very first prototype Dino Rider wow. ever made. Really? Yes. Yeah, and I think it is the Dionychus, I believe. Um, and it's it's a bit it's a prototype type thing, but mm. yeah, he got that shipped over. He has, I think he's got a lot of the art. He's got probably the most impressive Dino Riders collection I've seen. A lot of that specialized product, the high end, the stuff high like end. Yeah, you need to know yep. what you're looking for, and you need to have a bank account that likes having the crap beat now. Yeah, I reckon I saw him sitting with three boxed um, Brontos. Really? Uh, uh, yep, three of three of these or four of them. You know, he's kind of like hiding in this fort made up of these boxes. That's not so, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to get a Brontosaurus? <laughs> yeah, they're and hard I finally to get. got one. Did I tell you about my story about getting a Brontosaurus? So it doesn't have any of the armor or anything, but I was at a secondhand op shop and uh, I was up at the, the cash checkout uh, and this guy came up behind me with this giant Brontosaurus. And I went, son of a bitch. Anyway. He, uh, he's looking around, looking at all this stuff he's got, and then he walked away. Right. So I went, I'm just going to follow him. Yeah. So I just sort of, do, 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 and he went and put it back on the shelf. Do, 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 do. How much is that? $10. Oh, no. Okay. Do, 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 oh, pay. wow. Yep, thank you. Do, 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 do. I got my Brontosaurus, and this toy is huge. If you've not seen it, yes. it is a meter long yep. from head to tail. Yep. It is a massive, massive dinosaur. It's one I've always been searching for, and I got it for 10 bucks in a second-hand oh, yeah. shop because some guy uh, oh. didn't know what he had. Mind you, had he walked out with that, I was well and prepared to chase after him yeah. and go, hey, mate, how much do you want for that? Yep. Because if he paid 10 bucks, I would have gone 50. Yeah, easy. Like, yep. Well, how much is uh, uh, just the dino or the Bronto worth? Oh, look, it'd have to be... Uh, the whole thing, around the time I was searching, this is sort of three years, three, four years ago, You'd be looking about close to a thousand dollars Australian for a complete one with all the armor. Yep. You might be able to snag one for sort of seven, eight hundred dollars back then. I suspect it's gone up a lot. Oh yeah. I suspect you couldn't get the dino for much under three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. Amazing. So I was very, very happy. Uh, he's not in my Dino Rider collection at the moment. He's sitting alongside of it because he's just too damn big, <laughs> and I yep. wasn't prepared to take all my dinosaurs down. Yep. And put them all up. Uh, right. Well, let's get into. Uh, Series 1, released in 1998. Uh, the first release of Dino Riders toys came in 1998 and was timed to coincide with the animated cartoon which we spoke about in previous episode. It initially consisted of five Valorian and six Rulon toys along with eight two-figure packs. Yep. A sixth Valorian toy, Taurosaurus, would be released at the end of the series. 
the Diplodocus, Taurosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex, and Triceratops all had motorized walking mechanisms. And this is something that impressed me about the toy range is up until then, I don't think I ever saw a toy that was motorized. Like I cannot recall another toy line around that era where you could have your toys just walking towards each other. Yeah, I mean, there, there were a few that were done. I mean, I didn't have a lot of them, I think, and I didn't have any of the motorized dinos as a kid. He-Man the Master Universe did it with a few of their, like the Dragon Walker, that was one that could sort of right, walk. Right, and, and I reckon Trypticon Transformers may have uh, been motorized. That might have might have walked along. But yeah, it was... It was definitely obscure to have them. And this one, they didn't put it obviously into all their dinosaurs, like you said, just mm-hmm. the higher end ones. So you could still at that lower price point get, you know, like a, a smaller one with all the parts and all the bits, but not have to pay the, the huge amounts. Right. But yeah, definitely like they looked great walking. Like you could put, you know, the two in my mind, and there's a lot, you know, it's hard to pick favorites in this line, but the Diplodocus from Wave 1, the Tyrann- Tyrannosaurus Rex from Wave 1, they were the holy grails yeah. of that wave, right? And if you had, you know, the biggest one of the good guys, the biggest one of the bad guys, if you had both of those and you turn on the motor functions and just race yep. them towards I mean, each that's other. how they sold. I remember the TV uh, oh. commercial vividly. And those that's commercials, what they did. they're insane. Yep. They, they hold up so well today. Yep. Building the sets and putting them in there, you know, they had them on and they had them moving. They had them bursting through foliage and shooting things and bits falling apart. And that's the thing. Like, my father growing up, uh, our house, he was a big gardener and he had lots of um, sort of tropical plants and, like, like, uh, they're not called cicadas. I forgot what they're called, but they look like prehistoric trees. Yeah. And we had, like, a fish pond with rocks all around it and it was all forest-looking. And I used to get up there with my dinosaurs and play with them in this foliage and it was amazing. Yeah. Like, you didn't need play sets. No, dinosaurs themselves were the play sets. Yep. Oh, man, they were great. Um, also mentioned in here that they had the uh, the two packs of yes. just the figures. Um, very hard to come by now. They I are. was lucky to pick up two years and years and years ago for very, very little money. Um, yep. So I've got two of the of the play sets or two of the dual figures sets. Um, I think I got them for like 30 bucks each That's or something. That's great. Yeah, it's a good score. Uh, but now, like one thing I didn't get about them though is they had gold-plated uh, characters in some of them. Why was that? Just to give it a, a point of difference? I don't know. i trying to remember how they did these. I actually don't have... When I say com- sort of relatively complete collection, I don't collect the two-packs. Right. And I don't collect the commandos. I've got a few of the commandos. They just go for too much to Do kind of warrant it. Do you collect them. the survival uh, little toy pack? No. Like a little plastic axe? No. Um, yeah, I don't so have that. It came on card. It had like little tools. Oh, wow. Um, like for kids to use and, and like yeah. basically cosplay costume play yep. as dino riders had a little axe and a little compass and a survival thing uh you also had uh there was a sticker album there were pencil cases and what was the awesome one? Oh yeah some suspenders oh <laughs> some suspenders with wow. the t-rex in the middle where they all crossed over oh, that's uh, epic See, that's just kind of stupid stuff i like to yeah. collect but, but again I, really expensive i think a lot of and particularly the later waves like there's a few Rulon characters like there's the Croc and he was he only came with the Kentrosaurus and I think the re-release of the um kind of Pteranodon the yellow Pteranodon um in Wave Three which is an, an ex- sort of hard to get one he, he you know he came in a two pack at yeah. the end and it might have changed the color scheme a little bit so those ones particularly can go for a lot and I don't know what what they did like if they were sort of variant color schemes with the gold. Um, just to mix it up, or were they? They weren't all head to toe gold. No, it's no, just, just parts like of their parts. armor. Yeah, yeah. Probably just mixing it up, maybe yeah. differentiating. So parents wouldn't say, "Oh, you've already got that one." Yeah, you know? that's true. So. Mm. Series two, which released in nineteen eighty nine, consisted of eight new Valorian toys and only three new Rulons. Along with this, there were eight two uh, eight more two figure packs, as well as six commandos. The commandos consisted of a human figure with unique weapons and accessories. However, the most notable toy from the range was the Brontosaurus, which yeah. was the biggest toy in the entire range, measuring 34 inches long and 15 inches tall. Uh, I don't know what that is in metric, in real measurements, yeah, but we big. said about a, a metre. About a metre, yeah. Uh, it was claimed by Toko that in an effort to keep costs for the... Uh, in an effort to keep costs for the figure down, they had to abandon several features that were originally intended to be a part of the feature. Correct. These included motorized walking action, four figures instead of three, and an entirely different weapons system. Yep. Uh, this thing was awesome. Yeah. Oh, look, I think even though they cut back on it and took out the motor function, 
the the playability of this toy is mm. incredible. I remember getting it, and and my kids were still young. My son, my oldest son, was young at the time. He'd come in, we'd play with it. It had the gripping arm kind of on a string. It had turrets that the characters could sit in and rotate. It had this little launching thing where you'd roll the uh, little pellets down off yep. the edge, off like a little slippery dip. The cockpit is look just looks so cool on this. It's so sleek. And beautifully designed. So, and and the dinosaur itself, I just love the look of this dinosaur. Yeah. Like it just is. It's face. a centerpiece. It is, and you yeah. don't really need it to move. I don't. Think. I don't think you do. Because no. it's such a big lumbering thing. Like before I saw it, I used to think the Diplodocus was big. Yeah, and yeah. it is a good size. Like today's toy standards, it's a good size. Yeah. But this Brontosaurus <laughs> is just a behemoth. Yeah. Um, the Stegosaurus uh, had a motorized walking action, while yep. the Pachycephalosaurus. That's the one. And the Saurolophosaurus both had a mechanism that allowed their bodies to thrust from a horizontal position with their tail in the air to a vertical position yep. with their tail on the ground. And the Pachycephalosaurus is that one, you know, with the hard head. Yep. And and the the, the mechanism in there, it's so beautifully designed, you know, the way that it, it transitions from, you know, sort of, all fours to upright mm. in its motion. Um, the engineering in this stuff is sensational. And again, you don't see that in modern day toys. No. Like the engineering and the physics behind these toys was, I think, the most impressive part. Yeah. That, that they were so interactive and you couldn't believe that toys could actually do this. Yeah. Like you had, uh, obviously, Transformers, which you had to spend a, a while transforming one. I haven't transformed something in a long, long time. But from memory, you're looking at five to ten minutes in order yeah. to transform. Something. Whereas these, you could just wiggle the tail and it, it it would look like it was real. You could switch on the T-Rex and have your guys marching towards it or running away from it as it goes jong, jong, jong and chases yeah. you down. Or in this case, <laughs> yeah. oh no, it's stuck on something. It's not moving. Oh, it's fallen over. Uh, but still, amazing. Series 3 came out in 1990, so we can see like they had a yearly release schedule. That's yep. how popular these things were. And considering the cartoon only went for 14 episodes, like yeah, these toys were amazing. Series 3 of the Dino Riders toy line was split into two assortments. Three new dinosaurs for the regular series and four prehistoric mammals for the new Ice Age concept. Yep. The dinosaur sets are amongst the rarest of the entire range due to a limited production, which is something that we see a lot. Uh, the Quetzalcoatlus <laughs> had originally been released as a Valorian in Series 1 of the Dino Riders toy line, however was re-released as a Rulon with a new yellow and spotted black paint sheen. Yeah. Uh, the Pachyrhinosaurus in the line had a motorized walking action. Now, these two uh, dinosaurs go for a big amount of money. Yeah, and the, the Camosaurus as well, which is just like the Styracosaurus, that smaller mm. designed one. These are the bomb. Like, yep. and, and mostly repaints, I think you said the, uh, I call him Bighorn, because um, I, I, the, the something Rhinosaurus. Um, that you pronounce there, Pachyrhinosaurus. That that is one again. It utilizes the Taurosaurus and Triceratops body with a different head. And um, we had a straight Quetzalcoatlus repaint for that brown and spotted one. Um, but yeah, this and and funnily enough, in terms of the boxes, these ones didn't have the flap anymore. These were window boxed. Yeah. So oh, let's talk yeah. about that flap. Yeah. Oh, how much did you like going to the toy aisle and just lifting up uh, that flap and the, having a look? The flap is part of the Dino Riders, you know, history. And, um, you know, had had information on the underside. So obviously the beautiful artwork on the front of the flap, but you'd lift it up, you'd see the window box inside, mm. you'd see the dino set out. But then on the top of the flap, all the details, the photographs of the actual product itself. So I mean, just brilliant. So a bit of a bit of a shame wave three, in including the Ice Age figures, you know, don't have the flap anymore. It's all window box. But funny story around wave three, like I think I got from Guy Blocko of Oz Toys. I got the Camosaurus complete. Oh right. Um. So or, or or one maybe without the armor, and then I I upgraded and got one off eBay. So I, I sort of had Camosaurus, Bighorn, and and the um, Quetzalcoatlus. I'm just like, look, this is going to be so hard to find. I think I got the Quetzalcoatlus off eBay yep. one one night. It popped up, and I just managed to jump on it. But I'm like, I'm not even going to hunt these down because the price on them was Ridiculous. was so silly. Um, friend of friend of ours, Nick Greenslade, he was selling one of his childhood friends' toy collections. So the dad had bought all these toys and put them in the cupboard. And he goes, oh, you know, he's got some Dino Riders that I'm selling. And I'm like, okay, I'm very interested. 
I don't need that many, but you know, I've I've got most of them boxed. But I, I'm looking at basically wave three boxed. He's like, oh, he's got all wave three, and and so he had the four um, Ice Age characters, the three wave three dinos, and this is literally five minutes down the road, um, and he had the Bronto boxed as well. Oh fuck! So yep, and that was God it was, damn it! <laughs> it was it was, and there and there he is. There's box dino uh, bronto up there um hidden in this collection are all the wave three stuff and it was obviously they were worth a lot and i paid a lot of money to get them but being local i didn't have to ship them and nick nick you know we we negotiated sort of a deal to take the whole lot and it virtually completed my boxed dino riders collection in like i think then um (laughs) uh, brett owen Red Owen had a box Taurosaurus that he sold me, which was one of the one of the last ones. And the and the final one that I need is the Valorian um, Dinosaur sort of Velociraptor. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Red Owen, I guess we sold his box Valorian Dinosaur too. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, no, I, I, he actually mentioned that when I said the last one I need is this, and he's like, "Yep, I've sold it." Already. Yeah, I know because so. he told me. Was, oh, no. and I think I saw one on eBay, yeah. and I sort of felt guilty. Went, oh, Trent, if you're still looking. <laughs> there's one yeah i think yeah and i did bid on it and i didn't get it but you know funny stories right like uh, one popped up on like just facebook marketplace uh while i was in the height of collecting it and it was like 40 dollars for a complete box you know dinocus and i mi- i missed it by like you know five and and so it's haunted me mm. the fact i could have got one for like you know 40 or 50 dollars and now whatever it goes for you know upward of two three hundred dollars and i just haven't pulled the pin on it, but yeah, if you well, well, see, maybe maybe we can work out a trade. Well, I do need a box Brontosaurus. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Ice Age. Um, oh, just before we do that, series three, uh, the the repaints. I saw a wild uh, Pachyrhinosaurus right in one of the toy shows. Wow! Uh, because I helped King Kaiju setting up his store. One of the perks and yep. why I help him out and work for free. Get in early because you get in early and yeah. you get all the good deals before everyone else comes in. There was one sitting there. Right. And I went, oh, I wonder how much he's got on that. Picked it up and there was uh, $10 written on his foot. And I said, uh, is this really $10? And he went, no. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. Yeah. And he goes, you know what it is. And I said, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. I said, there is $10 written on his foot. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's what I paid for it. Oh. <laughs> and I went, you're a lucky man. Yeah. Went, yeah. <laughs> was it a, just the dinosaur? Just the dinosaur. Yeah, I think he still. sold it for 80 yeah. Okay. Um, so fair price. Yeah, it was that's a good fair price. price. Yeah. But you know, at the start of a weekend of di- of uh, a toy fair, you don't really want to drop that money on a toy that isn't complete. Yeah. At, that early on, but he ended up getting the money for it, and it's well worth that price. Uh, we should also mention all these prices that we're spouting is in Australian dollars. Yeah. So if you're in America listening to this, which we do have a couple of listeners, um, don't go freaking out about the prices. They're not that expensive. <laughs> Okay, the Ice Age. The Ice Age subline of Series 3 was unique in that all the animals produced belonged to the Valorian faction, and with the rest of Series 3 line, are very hard to find. I don't know if that sentence made sense, but oh well. The largest figure in the range was the Woolly Mammoth, which also had motorized walking action. Uh, I actually got majority of loose Series 3 uh, from a fellow video game uh, enthusiast. He, uh, he has a page and he goes, oh, I came across my old childhood toys and put up all these dino riders. And he goes, oh, some, you know, some are incomplete, whatever. They're always kids' toys. And I went, oh, I collect them. You're going to move them on? He goes, yeah, I was actually thinking of selling them. And I said, oh, well, let me know how much you want for them. And he goes, oh, well, I've had, had people offer sort of for the lot $200, you know, $250. And we're talking about the woolly mammoth. We're talking about the sloth. It was a good set of toys. There was a couple of velociraptors in there. Uh, and I said, okay, well, you know, I- I'm happy to pay you 300 for that. that. That's a pretty good price. And he goes, nah, give me a hundred bucks, pay for postage. <sighs> yep. Oh, I also got a T-Rex out in there as well. It wasn't complete, but he was, he was mostly complete. For yeah, for a hundred bucks plus postage, I got this big box of a guy's, uh, dinosaur. So I, uh, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name now. Whoops. That's all right, he doesn't listen. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was my little toy story. Uh, as we mentioned before, the cast were used in the Smithsonian, but... Little known fact, mm. Rex from Toy Story is believed to be a Dino Rider toy. Yeah. He has the same body mold and say and it says in the first movie, Toy Story One, I'm from a defunct toy line that was bought by a bigger toy company. Yep. It's definitely referencing the Mattel buyout of Tyco. Yeah. So yeah, it's well, it's a hundred percent. I can't remember. I think it was Guy who was telling me a story about 
he was selling a complete T-Rex. Yep. Uh, everything was, was there. And the guy bought it. Uh, and he goes, oh, this will look great. And he goes, oh, so what are you going to do with the display? He goes, oh, no, I'm just going to put the armor on Rex from Toy Story. He collected Rex from Toy Story. Wow. And uh, had no idea about Dino Riders, but knew that it was like the similar cast or similar mold, just apart from the head. Yep. And just wanted a Rex to have look badass. So he bought all the, the T-Rex just to put all these uh, parts on it. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it is. It is. But oh, each it, to their own. Yeah. Can't stop people. So... The, uh, the toy line died down in like the early 90s, very early 90s. I didn't think he even saw the 90s. Maybe the Ice Age was sort of like the death knell and, and that was it. But in 2015, several sites reported that Mattel, which absorbed Tyco in the late 90s, was working with uh, solipists, I don't know, film uh, film producers Alyssa Phillips and Stephen Le Horcrux, Le Horcrux, yep, that's his name, on a Dino Riders movie. There's been no mo- uh, no news since then. No. Now, of course, we also had recently, I think last year, a company came out and said that they'd acquired the license to Dino Riders and was releasing high-end statues. Yeah, they, they we did see images. Um, so they were going to do it was a bit it's a bit weird, right? Because uh, Dino Riders is a a toy. Yeah. You know, motorized, lots of parts, really cool interactive kind of toy. And so to see a company kind of solicit or have the idea to do these high-end statues. Very interesting take, but it, and, you know, I wonder how successful it would be. I mean, there's a lot of love for Dino Riders now, and like you said, that that people that grew up with it now have a disposable income and they yep. can go out and spend money on these things. But it, so there was a, they were going to do statues of characters, so the the actual people, mm. and then they were going to do dinosaurs, of yeah. course. And they put out some, I think they put out Serena, and that well, they did one dinosaur. Yeah, I think Young Star's uh, Pteranodon. Yeah, I think was I think that's the other iconic one because everyone wanted to be Young Star. Yeah, I, feel. I think so. Um, but we we might have heard that that might not be going ahead now. There might have been a no. bit of dispute with Mattel. I, I think uh, looking at their Instagram account, they did announce that uh, they've had the license revoked. Yep, uh, and aren't allowed to produce anymore. And we were discussing this earlier, so it got me thinking that. There's not a lot of nostalgia lines left that they haven't mined already yep. for parts. Uh, you know, we've we've had, obviously, Ninja Turtles as an ongoing thing since they debuted in the 90s. But they've re-released Ghostbusters. Uh, they've re-released... What else they re-released recently? Um, well, He-Man, Muscles of the Universe, obviously. All these old toy lines are, are coming yep. back. And Dino Riders hasn't been tapped yet. It's ripe for the picking. What, what I would say about that is they've dabbled in... A Dino Riders-esque style of toy in the Imaginex line. Right. So Imaginex is what, what you'd categorise as like the preschool kind of toys with the poor patrols of this world in that space. So they put out, and my son actually, I, I got him a few um, of these dinosaurs that had armour and, you know, little riders that you could put in there. Right. So not motorised, you know, for the three, kind of three-year-old market. Yep. They weren't yep. badged as Dino Riders, but they were ostensibly a, a dinosaur with lasers. I think there was, a, yeah, there was definitely a Diplodocus one. There was definitely a T-Rex one that I saw. Yeah, yep. yeah. They're definitely playing with that property. Of course, Jurassic World, rumor yeah. has it that that's going to be the third movie is going to be uh, militarized dinosaurs, which will be cool. It makes sense for where that story arc is heading. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're right. Like, I think the, the Dino Riders brand is, is ripe. Um, and I think with the prices on the secondary market of these toys, collectors are going to go nuts. Someone has to be sitting there. Yeah. Some higher up at Mattel has to be sitting there on eBay going, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd have to, I think. And and like we saw about a couple of months back, Entertainment Earth put up an exclusive set. So it was exclusive to the to the Entertainment Earth um, retail outlet. And these were, it was, they weren't, Dino Riders per se. They were Dino Riders branded and they had the beautiful box art, but they were these little almost monster in my pocket like, you know, you'd buy, you get the dinosaur, yes. you get a rider and you put that in there. So that Another line that I love, which is ripe for the picking, yeah. monster in my pocket. But yeah. yeah, monster in my pocket, Dino Riders. The mashed up. And I yeah. think this is, when I look at it, when you look at these properties trying to come back into, into, the, into existence, what you saw with the company doing the high-end statues is, is almost a, a precursor. Yeah. When when those licenses are sort of being shopped around, often the like Mattels of this world will go, you know what, we're not doing anything with it, but we've had interest. Let's give it out to someone that's not going to compete with us 
they're high-end statues. So let's you know, so you often see that as sort of like a first step. Right. This second step, I'd say, is getting you know actual Dino Riders branded product out there with new box art, new designs, but in a relatively cheap manner. So mm. these you know just single colored. Well, I think because you get uh, is it twelve figures in the set? You get the green Valorians yep. and the purple uh, uh, Rulongs. Yep. Um, I mean, the molds aren't exact. The no, T-Rex, no. for example, doesn't look anything like it's the toy. It's stylized. Uh, yeah. But the box that they come in is very reminiscent using the original artwork yep. of the Dino Riders toys. So it is it is a legacy item. Like yep. they, They've gone all out to they make have. this look as, as good as possible. And we were talking about this before. Uh, I think to get it posted to Australia, it only cost me $70. Uh, it's a very, very cheap, especially yeah. shipping from the States. Yeah. That is a very affordable in. And yeah, I think you're right. It's a low end product, low risk. Yeah. You know, they get a mold and they inject a bit of resin in there. Yep. Do up some packaging. If this, I, I haven't been following it. Do you know if it's sold out or? I don't know how it's sold. No, but I suspect it's sold well enough that it'll, it'll be part of the push, I think. Yeah. To see whether a line is, is achievable. And I think this is a very interesting point because, you know, toys are produced based on known IPs fairly cheaply. That You know, the mass retail products that we get into store shelves. Dino Riders to do properly would cost Mattel quite a bit. I oh, think yeah. Quite a lot of investment to tool up. and big, 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 yeah. big, big investment, especially the motorized ones. Yes, they and do you would have to. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost, you know, worth thinking... Is it worth their while sort of bringing out a Deinonychus or the Ankylosaurus or some or the the, yeah. the little guys that don't require that just to see what the market is like before they take the 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 big hit? It'd be yeah, it'd be a fascinating thing to follow. But I reckon we're going to see uh, in the next couple of years Dino Riders products on the shelves or in the specialty online retailers. That would be amazing and make all the other dinosaurs really affordable, right? Yeah. No, not, not at all. All right. Thank you very much, Trent, for joining us with our double two-parter. Uh, well, it's a really an extravaganza, isn't extravaganza, it? Extravaganza, deep yeah. dive into riding dinosaurs and shooting lasers at people's faces. Uh, where can people find you? So, yeah, if you want to check out Toy Power Podcast, we do all the toy lines, um, chat about you know all those nostalgic things you probably grew up with. And, uh, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun putting the show together. So, yeah, Toy Power Podcast on all the big platforms apple podcast spotify etc and if you don't know already you can find me on hack the dino our nonsense video game news discussion show where we talk about video games and all the other cool stuff about video games and all the news and the rumors uh you can find us over on hack the dino on youtube and spotify and all those podcast services and you can find retro trigger on soundcloud and all the other podcast services as well so be sure to search retro trigger leave a review leave a star thing leave all the things that result in me getting into people's ears and uh, dancing a merry jig thank you very much for joining us trent check your rally i got it right i got it right yeah it only took me two months but i got it right <laughs> catch it sweet <laughs>